Hello creatives, Jay here and you are listening to episode 23 of 99% Perspiration. Guess I was an awkward child, can never quite understand why, so why do I have to go? This podcast brings you interviews and advice from today's creative and artistic professionals, all with the aim so that you can get the inspiration, the confidence and the know-how to turn your creative calling into a career. So I was down in London a few weeks ago attending the Student Radio Awards where my radio drama Seaburn had been nominated for Best Speech Programming. You wanted me to see a therapist? Yes. Yes, I did, and I still I can't do. believe I made you cheat. That was wrong. The old Pippa. Yeah, my girlfriend, before she went crazy. You don't get to call me crazy. That's not a privilege you can have. I don't want it anymore. I don't want it. <laughs> Pretty happy to say that I came away from the Student Radio Awards with a bronze award. Please do Google Seaburn if you haven't heard it already. It's the one thing that's made me most proud as an audio producer so far. Anyway, while I was down there in the big smoke, I made sure to take my microphone along with me and meet some creative types. It's a research job, essentially. They're going to want me to have a psychology degree, to have worked in research, to be absolutely amazing with data, you know, be like some kind of Excel spreadsheet wizard. I'm absolutely not any of those things, you know, I work with data on a day-to-day basis and I'm pretty good with it now, but it's not the kind of collecting of data that interests me. Building surveys is, you know, a part of the job that has to be done, it in no way excites me. It's what you do with it afterwards, and that was what I think they kind of liked about me was that I had that so what. So, you know, yeah, it's really great that the data says that, but what does that mean? How do we, how do we turn that into something that means something? And that's kind of my role on the team now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but so what? What does it mean? How does that help our guys sell more advertising? How does that help our magazines make better products? How does that help us reach more people? How does that make more people buy our products, follow us on Facebook, go on our website, etc., etc.? Alicia Myers is currently Insight Executive at BBC Worldwide. But when we met together for lunch at the Hot Italian a few weeks ago, she was about to begin her final week in the same role at Time Inc. UK. It's a magazine publisher behind In Style, NME, Wallpaper, What's on TV, and a handful of other well-loved magazines. Alyssa's going to go in depth about her role and the creative freedom that she's got with it. I do love my job, and I do love London. There are elements to every job that you don't like, and kind of, you know, elements of office life that I could take or leave but I think I'm very very lucky that I do something which suits me like the work I do interests me and it kind of suits me as a person you know like I said I get to ask people questions about themselves and I love talking to people um, and then I get to tell stories about them and that's kind of always been my thing is you know storytelling writing reading you know I did an English degree because I love stories so yeah I do love it both of our guests this week went through the route of going through university, then applying for jobs with large creative media companies based in London. And episode 23's second guest, Ganesh Rao, also found himself London-bound, beginning his career in journalism. My name is Ganesh Rao. I'm 24 years old. I'm from Bangalore, southern city in India. Um, I studied there, completed my high school, and then moved over to the UK to study at the university and now 
I currently work as a output producer on the digital platforms at Sky News. Right now, being a producer at Sky News, dream come true, for sure. Ganesh has been an output producer with Sky News for about two months now, and you'll hear throughout this episode of 99% Perspiration that he's worked hard to get there. Ten years ago, I saw a documentary on Sky by Ross Kemp. And I think there was uh, Ross Kemp in Afghanistan or something like that, I can't imagine. I thought he had a cool job. I mean, obviously, that's factual entertainment. But um, I thought he had a cool job. And then I thought maybe I'd see myself doing that maybe in 10 years or something like that. And uh, today I'm actually working for Sky. So that's like a, whoa. It's like, you know, when you have a kid saying, you know, I want to be an astronaut, then you actually become an astronaut. That's, that, that's how it feels. Episode 23 also features the incredible vocals and guitar skills of Paige Tempoli. She said, sit in the corner, you've tested me done. And meanwhile around everyone else I had fun. But oh no, not me, cause I was to be the new kid side all along. And if you like the sound of Paige Templey's music, then please make sure you do check her out. You can head to facebook.com forward slash Paige Templey Music. But as usual, all the links are in the description of the podcast. And here's how to get in touch with us at 99% Perspiration. Our Twitter is at 99podcast. Our website is 99podcast.com. And of course, we have a growing community of creatives on Facebook. It's a group called 99% Perspiration Podcast. So check that out. So do get in touch if you would like to, please. I'm always trying to make this podcast better, get more helpful voices, do things that I know you will find useful. So I really do appreciate any feedback you can give me. Thank you very much for joining us this time, of course, and enjoy episode 23 of 99% Perspiration. I wasn't to be the new kid sat all alone. No, that wasn't me. I wasn't to be the new kid sat all As a producer, I'm responsible for making sure all the content's available on relevant platforms. So, for example, um, Sky's got its custom app for the iPad, for the mobile. They produce one-minute one bulletins for Twitter, three-minute bulletins for their website. And a lot of people won't know this, but Sky has customers such as Airbus, the airline company, a lot of shipping companies and Sky packages um, world news services and then sells them to those clients. So I'm responsible for curating those um, stories, creating those um, packages and sending it across to such customers. I've just started at Sky, mind you. Um, but for the future, I think my line manager said that I'll be working on television very soon first couple of years at university i was just being just like every other student you know coming to class uh doing my homework and you know assignments and things like that but third year um actually after the second year i took this two month or a month long internship that the university provided with the regional newspaper it was the harley pool mail a month through that 
I asked them if I could stick stick around, you know, continue working there for another month because there was a three month long break from university. Um, they agreed, so I got a bit more experience uh, working at the paper, a lot more than just my four week internship would have afforded. University started, classes began, but I still did manage to squeeze in, I think, about six more weeks of uh, work placements at different publishers, mostly broadcasters. To be honest, it was ITV Tiny T's who taught me so much, so much, so much. Wow. And then um, Made in Tanaware, a lot of working experience while I was studying at university. And uh, that, I'm assuming, impressed the people at Sky and uh, they brought me on board. A lot of the theory that you study at university, you get to implement all of that in the real world and figure out for yourself what works and what doesn't work. Not everything you study at university is going to be exactly the same way out in the real world. So you get to play a lot with those kind of things and uh, build on them. And then when the right full-time job comes around, you know what actually is going to work and you know what's not going to work. So yeah, you've done your experiments and when the real job comes around, you'll be able to showcase your full potential without having to show all the ugly bits. Obviously, I can't speak of any other industry apart from media or journalism. But I would say, I mean, um, apart from formal teaching environment and all of that, it shows an employer that you're committed when you're given a task to do something. And I think that matters a lot. It shows an employer that, you know, if, if you're part of that specific group or task or whatever it is you're going to put your heart and soul into it and i think that's very critical for an employer it's not just the learning as well i mean you meet the whole lot of friends you know teachers faculty connections you make all of that matters quite a bit not just right after university but later into later in life as well when i was at uni i kind of just knew I want to work in marketing, I want to work in advertising. I wasn't really sure where. I kind of fell into PR because it's an industry that has a lot of internships available. So I did a lot of PR internships. Then from PR, I was kind of like, okay, I like PR, but PR is trying to get something for free. I kind of want to have some money to spend. So I ended up more in kind of traditional marketing, did a couple of marketing internships. Then I ended up in sales, which was kind of right the other leap of yeah you know I'm trying to sell you something um, and then actually I thought you know what it is that interests me behind all of this is the what and the why and the who and that's how I ended up in kind of insight and advertising research so yeah look around and keep your eyes open because my job that I have now is very much like you know if someone said to me describe what you'd like to do in the future it would have been this, but if someone had said, what do you want to be when you're older? I would never have gone, oh, an insight executive, because it didn't mean anything to me, you know, I didn't know what it was. So I think, yeah, stay informed, because there's so many opportunities in this industry out there, and you're probably going to find one that you really, really love. I've been working here for two years, so October 2013, I started in the bright lights of advertising sales. Um, for Marie Claire and InStyle, so our fashion brands, which is very exciting. Again, quite a quick school in, not necessarily cynicism, but it gives you, it's a bit of school of hard knocks, it gives you a tough, tough skin uh, very quickly. I am not a natural salesperson. 
not want you know those people that you get on The Apprentice are like oh I can sell ice to the Eskimos not me I'd probably just be like oh Eskimos it's okay you've got enough ice I'm really sorry to bother you maybe you'd like some of mine like too nice for sales I think but the bit I always enjoyed was like the creative bit and the being you know like the bringing the audience to life and being you know oh it's not just a magazine it's a magazine that's read by you know Marie Claire for example you know it's read by like a young professional working woman and she probably lives in a house like this and these are the places she shops at and this is the makeup she likes to wear and this is where she's going to eat out with her friends and this is where she likes to holiday and all that kind of like real stuff you know the actual audience stuff so then I found that the team responsible for that kind of chat and bringing audiences to life was our insight team so basically ask them hey can I work for you guys like I like quite like asking people questions about themselves and I quite like telling stories about them so that's what I do is we ask people questions and then we use their answers to make nice exciting stories that can then kind of be used to bring you know the product in my case magazines to life and just make it a bit more interesting i do read a lot quite a lot when i say read i mean not just read read like you know watch different um news outputs politics entertainment showbiz sport just about anything news in the interview for example they threw me a scenario and they asked me how would i react to it as a producer on television because i'd seen so much news before um i knew which bits were really good at least according to my opinion i shared that during the uh, interview and i suppose they liked it if for example if if a news breaks out you could obviously you know research at that moment but it's a lot more easy a lot more faster if you knew the background into the story because let's say for example if something happened to a prime minister or president of some country Uh, would you rather have someone who just knew everything about that person produce a package or have someone research first and then produce it it takes a lot more time and news is a few seconds matters a lot i mean think about push notifications on your phone you've got breaking news being sent out let's say by sky news by a couple minutes before um let's say our competitor guardian or bbc there's a high chance that you would have already opened our app and started reading our content before you don't have a chance to read any of theirs so yes i would say seconds minutes matters a lot in breaking news at least if it worked for me i'm assuming it probably worked for anyone else who does the same thing that i've done read a lot of news a lot of news in depth not just a lot in depth in any topic i would say question everything always always question everything read read anything that you can get your hands on about the industry so i always used to read industry sources like the drum like marketing week just to get an idea of kind of what was going on in the industry you know i knew about it you know i knew about the structure of the industry which i think was very helpful you know the world of advertising the world of marketing is essentially owned by wpp they own everybody and everything um you know know about those kind of things because it will help but also for me i think it was also keeping a breadth of kind of what consumers were doing and you know patterns in the market and just society in general and I'm very lucky that I have as well as my interest in kind of consumers and marketing I'm also really interested in politics and things like that and that has been so so helpful to me because yeah consumers are consumers and they're people who buy things but they're also just people you know they exist in the real world and you'd be amazed at how much politics and just the changes in society impact on kind of consumer psychology and essentially what marketing has to do 
so yeah, I just say, you know, keep your eyes open, be aware, <laughs> read, um, and also, I think I was very lucky that I interned my absolute arse off when I was at uni, which I know is terrible advice that no one wants to hear is, oh, we'll get an internship, but it is one of those industries of, we won't hire you if you haven't got any experience, but everyone just wants experience, so it is, it is one of those vicious cycles, but you don't ask, you don't get, was kind of my attitude to internships and to the job I have now, which is getting out there and saying, you know what, I really want to do this and this really interests me, so help me, <laughs> please. I'll be really good, I promise. Kelly Cairns is no ordinary woman. Her company, the Tech Angel, is... Whoa, 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 what's this? This is an ad for Kelly Cairns. She's not a superhero, she's just good at helping with technology. Kelly set up the Tech Angel because technology doesn't have to be like some thriller movie. She can help you run your business efficiently, whether that's setting up your own online store... Or just helping you with social media. Now you're getting it. Simple, effective advice. Visit kellycairns.co.uk for free training videos and affordable training programmes. Or check out the Tech Angel on Facebook to find out more. It's always, always fascinating me, like, how people tick and then how brands kind of tap into that. You know, like we talked about John Lewis earlier, you know, they tap into those real human emotions around Christmas and completely distract everyone from the fact that they're, you know a massive retailer and they want to make money but the ways in which brands can just yeah get you to kind of fall in love with them a little bit is really interesting I think for me but I am a geek <laughs> I definitely don't think the jobs are only in London you know media is not only in London so the services that support it and interact with it like marketing and advertising exist all over the place you know we live in an increasingly digital world so there is no need for people to be just here and I think the city is very very crowded you know major major corporations have their places up in Leeds Manchester Newcastle the BBC's second home now is Manchester you know they're the biggest media producer in Britain so I don't know, I don't think it's London-centric at all. I think London's probably easier to get a foot on the ladder because there's obviously more entry-level positions, but you know, you could do your two years in London and then leave if you so desired, which I'm sure some people do. I started applying to a whole bunch of vacancies two months before I graduated, hoping to find something just before I graduate or right after I graduate. And I think one of the roles at Sky was just that nothing turned off it maybe a month in. But then all of a sudden you receive this call and uh, someone says, we've looked at your application. You seem to be like the right candidate. We'd like to be interviewing for the job. And then boom, you're there. You'll need to allow for at least a couple of months time from when you apply to when you actually expect to receive that call. Because mind you, Sky and a producer's role at Sky is going to be applied by at least a thousand people. It's a very uh, competitive job. My bosses at Sky, the people who recruited me, they had no idea of what I can do, what I could do. I mean, of course, they'd seen a few pieces of my work, you know, print and, you know, a few links that I'd sent. But apart from that, they had no idea about my work ethic or if I would fit well in the team or not. I think they trusted my references, I suppose, uh, or the, the stuff that I'd written on my CV worked well with what they wanted and uh, they picked me. I think when you work in any line of advertising, particularly when you're trying to, essentially just trying to sell something, and people don't always want to buy what you're selling, so you've got to kind of become quite resilient. You've also got to be quite used, I think, especially in my line of work, when I'm taking, essentially taking data 
for something very boring and trying to turn it into a story that I myself don't sell that story, we supply those stories to our sales teams. And if they turn around and go, that's lovely, and that presentation that you've worked on for you know five days straight, whatever, is great, but I don't want to tell that story. That's not the story I want. And you're going, well, I'm sorry, you know, we have to use some element of truth. We cannot make the data say things it doesn't say. We can polish up the things it says and make them sound a bit nicer, but we can't out and out lie. So you have to get pretty resilient about that pretty quickly. And, you know, thinking on your feet and finding, oh, okay, well, you don't like that angle, so let's try this one instead. And, yeah, I think that's where the creativity comes into it is you can take a black and white figure and a black and white percentage and you have to think of all of the different shades of grey that could exist within those figures and all of those things that you could say that those figures are telling you you have to be able to come up with pretty quickly but I like it, it's fun, it's a challenge it makes numbers interesting and I never found numbers interesting <laughs> I guess we don't know how long they'll be around but what we do know is that they're the unsung heroes now. Picked you up when you fell, met you at school. Like I said, I consume pretty much everything. I'm interested in creative output ideas. So, for example, the New York Times came out with immersive storytelling technique. Basically something that, you know, you mount your phone onto a piece of cardboard and then it gives you uh, augmented reality. And I'm interested in such kind of different storytelling techniques. You've got your long-form storytelling, you've got something in 60 seconds, video packages and things like that. So I don't think I'm fixated on a specific field of topic, but rather different techniques. So it could be entertainment, could be showbiz, but if it's put out in a very creative manner, that will get my attention. I mean, every single lecture I had at university is just mind-blowing. I mean, every time I came in, there was something new that I'd learned, genuinely. I mean, I'm not just saying that, saying that. Halfway through my third year, I think the university had organized industry connection sort of event. It was called Movers and Shakers. I think that was, that's where I actually managed to meet someone from ITV Tinties and, uh, you know, asked them if I could come in for a week. And I did manage to get my work placement over there. And then after that, it snowballed, and then I'm walking for Sky. You most need me, and I'll be there when you need me I mean, it's hard sometimes because as much as you want to be creative and you want to tell these amazing, like, shiny stories, obviously, essentially, my job is working with data on a very base level. And like I said, sometimes figures just tell you what they're telling you and there's no way to manipulate it and it's black and white. But what I really like is looking at data and then looking at the data that kind of comes with it. So obviously, you can take one figure by itself but whenever you've got a questionnaire and the results from that it's never just one number you know you can you can find patterns and stories and the data and looking at different bits and pieces and thinking about you know what might have caused people to give you those answers and cause people to say those things and we just had a piece on mums actually that was all about basically the mums were telling us that their biggest need was a need for comfort 
um, that was in the kind of survey element and then we did some focus groups where the mums were telling us that they were really stressed out they were really guilty and we were like well this is absolutely why they're needing comfort and without the element of actually going to talk to them we probably wouldn't have known why so it's nice to get both sides of it and come up with answers and solutions that maybe weren't the ones that were that obvious in the first place but like I said, you don't. Sometimes data will only tell you what it wants to, but I like to try and push it to its limits and get it to say something fun. Because all of my experience has kind of been very magazine-centred, so I work for the UK's largest consumer publisher. That's the party line. Um, I love, 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 love magazines. Magazines are kind of how I got into loving reading so much. Reading's my biggest passion. That's how I ended up doing an English degree. But I could pretty much track like my childhood and my teenage life through the magazines that I read. So I went from Twinkle, I went then on to Go Girl, a bit of Animals and You, got a bit risky, started reading Sugar, Bliss, More Magazine, God Rest Its Soul has shut down now. And you know, that kind of media I loved. And so that's how I ended up in magazines, just because I love it. But then I think as I've grown older, I've developed a real love for TV. When I was younger, I never really, I didn't really watch a lot of TV as kind of either reading, hold up reading, or out and about climbing trees, you know, the usual. But I think at university, I was lucky enough that I, I did an English degree, but I studied film and TV as well. You know, there were lots of opportunities for me to do other modules. And I did that and I developed a love of television. And so I kind of think I'd fought the good fight for magazines for two years now. And I was like, you know, it's time to do something else. And because uh, I've been lucky enough to work for, as I said, the UK's largest consumer publisher, quite frankly, I got a bit snobby. I was like, well, you know, I work for the best magazine publisher, so I can only work for the best TV people. And logically, that would be the Beeb. So I was like, right, well, I'll try my luck there then, because they are the best. And I think, you know, always, always aim for the best. So yeah, when and they had a position and they liked me, so that's where I'm going next. But I was lucky that, you know, in my interview, obviously, after the kind of standard questions, they asked me about TV and, you know, the real, why do you want to work here? Because I was truly, honestly passionate about it. I was able to actually have a decent conversation about it. And, you know, I think those kind of things, if you're not passionate about a particular, you know you want to work in the media and you know that you, you want to be the next greatest Sky News anchor. That's where you want to be. You want to be in front of a camera. There's probably some value in, you know, doing a stint as a reporter at a newspaper, but really, how valuable that is in the long term. You, I think you need to stay focused on what you really, really love because people will see through any kind of fakeness or anything that you're doing just to look good. People want you to be passionate about what you're doing, so if you're not, they will spot that. Guess I was an awkward child Could never quite understand why So why do I have to go Thank you so much for joining us on episode 23 of 99% Perspiration. As usual, a huge thank you to everyone on board this week too. Oh, my phone's going off. Shut up, phone. <laughs> to uh, Alicia Myers, Insight Executive at BBC Worldwide. And before that, from Time Inc. UK. To Ganesh Rao, Output Producer at Sky News. She said, sit in the corner, you've tested it on. And meanwhile, around, everyone else had fun. But oh, no, not me, because I was, it seemed. The new kid
And to our music artist this week, Paige Temperley. Once again, you can check her out, facebook.com forward slash Paige Temperley Music. But of course, as usual, all of the links are in the description of the podcast if you want to check out any of the guests. This podcast obviously could not exist without you. Keep learning, keep listening to people, keep reading. The more you do that, the more you'll learn. And then hopefully you'll become the best in your industry or at least get your feet in the right direction. If you enjoy the 99% Perspiration podcast, then please do subscribe and leave us a review. It means the absolute world to me when you do. And as always... Like I said, you can get cynical in this industry, so you've got to humanise it as much as possible. Oh my God, I think I've talked about everything. Uh, no, I think, I think I've covered everything. And I wish you the very best in your new role. Thanks. And the beeb. The beeb. Thank my God. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's been very exciting. <laughs> Stay productive. Stay awesome. Stay productive. Stay awesome. For some reason, sticks around now. Said, come out of the corner for your tests to die. And right there and then, I began to have fun. Cause that wasn't me. I wasn't to be. The new kid sat all alone. No, that wasn't me. I wasn't to be